0: Oh, my God. This yeah. is this is too weird. We actually may have a phone call.
1: Yay, phone call.
0: WGBB, Little Big Time, you're on the air. Uh, hello? Hello? Oh, c- could you speak up? I, I want to speak up a little bit. You're on the air.
2: Yeah.
0: Hi, you're calling Little Big Time. Can we help you, or can you help us?
2: Um, I don't know. I was like call calling a phone insurance company.
0: Well, this is not a phone insurance company. Um, of course, you have the wrong number, but you're welcome to be on the radio. With us. Well, uh, uh,
1: wait, we'll sell an insurance. Well, you know, you, it's better if you get a mortgage. <laughs> we can give you a great mortgage
2: company, or,
0: or a theater magazine if you're all interested in, in theater. What kind of phone do you have?
2: Um, BlackBerry Pearl.
0: Oh, oh, he's got a BlackBerry. Ooh, ooh, he's someone. Who's Blackberry. your service provider? Verizon. Oh, uh, uh, do you get good uh, reception on that? Yes, I do. So why are you calling? Why are you bothering Verizon at, on a Sunday night? Leave those poor people alone, They need to rest. No, the pe- oh, I'm sorry. What? I don't want to get I don't want to get my phone service turned off. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you calling Verizon? What's wrong with your BlackBerry? Um,
2: I was back in the ambulance into my firehouse, and I ran over my phone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, there's a but reason was, we was keep it, these people was on the air on the, in an emergency.
2: No, no, we don't have to call. I was just my phone fell out of my pocket and then ran it over.
0: And how many beers had you had before this incident occurred? No. Oh, in I, I, I know, I know. Out. I'm just kidding. So you're you're a fire person, huh? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Hey, well well maybe we could take a
1: collection for you here. Because <laughs> then Blackberries is expensive. Yeah, that's right. How much was your Blackberry?
2: I had for because it was my update. Oh.
1: How old was the Blackberry?
2: Um about two months.
1: So it died of premature crustacean, huh?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, well, that's a, that's a terrible show. How long have you been a fireman? Uh, four years. Congratulations, man. Why did you do it?
2: Because I've been around since I was little. My father's been in the fire department. But don't they
1: make you polish all the, the trucks and stuff like that every weekend?
2: I have no problem doing it.
1: If I bring my car over?
2: <laughs> I don't know, Maybe.
0: So, are you part of a volunteer fire department, or are you one of the paid fire people? One hundred percent volunteer. Yeah. What cool. what what
1: fire department?
0: Islip Terrace. Islip
1: Terrace. Islip Terrace.
0: Do they have fires in Islip Terrace?
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> well, it's so close to the water.
2: No, we're not really <laughs> close to the water. We have good fire prevention, so we don't we don't have fires. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So 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 wait.
1: So it's your phone slipped out of the pa- why we 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 waxing the ambulance?
2: No, it was just. I was—we was, were done for my rescue goal and I was backing into the bay, and my phone slipped out. I was getting into it, and I guess I must've noticed mm. it, and I heard it crash. Oh.
1: Um. So have you? So did the patient survive, but your phone died?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good. Have you ever saved anybody's life? They did tonight. Yeah. Well, I mean, like a real kind of jumped into, went into a brain building, and did that whole he, thing. He's uh, never no, one was really,
2: trapped. We never really had. When I was in, I've never been to a fire where someone was trapped. Thank God. Oh well, good.
1: My my, when I lived in Forest Hills, my building was struck by lightning. Yes, isn't that odd? and and they told me don't don't leave the apartment, and it was like E. T. outside my apartment. It was all smoky and firemen were everywhere. Oh, and
0: you know, isn't it true that on, on certain occasions you leave your door closed?
1: Yes, uh, and that's, that's what like they told me. They told me yeah. to just stay in the apartment and put the so the fire was out, but just to put uh, wet towels by the bottom of the door, right?
0: That's the first I've ever heard of that. Oh. that's what they told me well what is the one thing that people make the most mistakes about in in a fire or that kind of situation what does everybody think you should do and they're wrong
2: Uh, they panic too much you duck and cover right yeah you you do duck and
0: cover that's true right
2: some people hide in the bathroom because they think a bathroom would actually save them but it, it doesn't
1: well because they feel nothing's flammable in the bathroom yeah but it's the smoke that gets you
0: yeah okay um,
1: you're such a good interviewer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> do <So laughs> here. Yeah.
1: Now, what were you going to do? Call them to see if um if they can replace it for free, or you want to know how much it was going to be? To well, replace? yeah,
2: I've I have insurance on the phone. I just need to put the claim through. Oh, just the number they gave me, and
0: we oh. can do that. We we can help you claim. <laughs> what What's your first name? Spell it. <laughs> social security number and Not mother's maiden thing. name. No, we can, do, we can do all this. And your credit card, if we can, uh, we can just... Yeah, I right don't there. remember any of that. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and certainly, give
1: your credit card number and your social security number over the radio. It's a really good yeah, idea.
0: Yeah, that's always good. So when I see fire people on TV, it's always about their cooking stuff. How, how, does your fireplace have a fireplace? Does, does your... Uh company, have a k- kitchen, and you guys all cook and stuff like that? Of course that. they do. They have parties all the time. Is that true?
2: Yes, we cook. We cook for our, our members. What's your dish? Uh, it could be anything from uh, jambalaya to hot dogs to hamburgers. Okay,
1: who cooks better, your mother or your fire captain?
0: Uh, ah, tough uh, question. I'd
2: say my grandmother. Oh,
0: uh, you're Italian, what? I take it. Huh? Are you Italian?
2: Uh, Irish and Puerto Rican.
0: Mm. Irish port whistle. What does she make? Uh, <laughs> she, everything. She makes very hot stew, beans with beer. <laughs> I'm not sure. well, I, I, don't I don't know, know what that beer. means. So, what does your grandmother make? That's so Tachitos good. Taquitos and black pudding.
2: No, uh, uh, anything from rice and beans with chicken to weird stuff I've never heard of.
0: Oh, I like weird stuff I've never heard. Yeah, me of. too. Actually, have you ever tried some of that on your fire? People or you? You stick to the basics in the firehouse. Uh. They so fixed the
2: firehouse.
0: Franks and beans? Yeah. Oh, you don't you want a room full of men near flammable gases having franks and beans for dinner. It doesn't matter. They're just producing another flammable gas.
1: Yeah. And you don't want them near an open fire.
0: Well, that's exactly it. You know, suddenly you have this big meal. You're running off a so fire with methane.
1: I mean, d- don't take this personally, but wouldn't it be hilariously funny if, if no one died, first of all. <laughs> but, but if all of a sudden everyone ran to the fire and, like, Firemen start to, like, explode <laughs> at the rear.
0: No, it would not be funny to this man. He's on fire.
1: But no one would die.
0: I thought Just the like
1: same flames thing would shoot out of behind. Wouldn't it be great?
2: <laughs> fire in the fire and my gear would catch on fire from
0: burning. <laughs> so... uh, ladies and gentlemen, the sounds of fire. <laughs> now it's... It's... And then... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Have you ever lit one of yours? Be honest. Have you ever tried no, that? No, never tried it. Never? never really? It. You didn't go to summer camp, did you? No, I uh,
2: didn't.
0: What is your first name? James. James. I want to thank you so much for calling the little big time. But but even if it was by accident, it was great to have you. Um, we and we hope needs... you get
1: a new Blackberry soon.
0: <laughs> Me too. Okay, best of luck. And remember, when you call, um, try a different area code. That may have been why you got our number instead of the Verizon number. Well,
1: no, I think what it is is they gave him the 888 number.
0: Yeah,
2: they did.
1: And and instead of dialing one eight eight eight, he didn't dial the 1. Oh, he didn't dial the, the yeah. 1, so it became a local call to us.
2: There you go. See? See? At least they got something good out of it. There yeah. you go. But
1: but keep the number, and if you ever want to call back, sometimes we give stuff away. Unfortunately, we don't have anything. Not that
0: tonight. Nothing.
1: That's all right. We could, send you, uh, we could send you a calendar or something.
0: Or, or some girls who like fire. Are you married? No. Oh, a single fireman. Would you like a date on the air? No, it's good. Jeff's available. I'm no, taken. <laughs> I'm taken.
3: Good Oh, oh he's
0: taken, girls. Okay. Oh well. Anyway, thanks so much for calling WGBB, James, and uh, good luck with the BlackBerry. And of course, stay safe, huh? Thank yeah, you. Call us next
1: week just to make sure we want to make sure you got the, bla- the new BlackBerry.
0: Yeah, give us a call. If like. we'll
1: call Verizon for you next week. <laughs>
0: so so we'll, That's We'll keep tabs on you now. Have a good one, man. You guys too. Thanks. Bye Bye-bye. bye. Bye bye. It's 11 o'clock on Sunday night. Are you naked? Well, put some clothes on before the cops pull you over. But keep it tuned to AM 1240 WGBB Freeport, because Dave's Gone By starts right now. Greetings from Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise. It's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music brought to you by Total Theater with your host, Dave Lefkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relax, squeal if you must. Here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave! Tropical hot dog night! Like flamingos in a fruit
4: fight! <clears throat> Every cover of day. around at night.
0: Well, there goes the dave Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone on this first Sunday in June, June 22nd, 2008, to the 279th episode of Dave's Gone By. Here at WGBB Freeport, I'm Dave Lefkowitz, radio personality, former baseball fan, always theater fan, and always satire and humor fan, here. And have been here since October 2002, bringing you comedy, talk radio, music interviews, and more, including the occasional incorrect factoid. As my guest co-host Jeff Goodman is about to point out, I, I made, in the first 30 seconds of this program, I make a mistake. What is it, Jeff?
1: Uh, Dave, it's the first Sunday in summer. It's oh, the what did first, I say? First, you said the first Sunday in June.
0: Oh, sorry, I, I mentioned summer. My, I thought you were going to say it was the second Sunday in, in summer already. No, no I, the third Sunday. No, no, in summer. I'm tired. I'm sorry, folks. Yes, it's the the first summer Sunday, June twenty second. And so, um, well, I hope you all had a good weekend. The I rain held off.
1: What Sunday?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we have a we have another one coming up. This is exciting to you. There's five Sundays in June. Wow, Jeff is really like this is a big what? thing it's for you. It's been such a long day. It's almost like it's been the second longest day of the year. Ah, yeah. This makes me sad though because now the days start getting shorter.
1: As the days go so down enough. to a precious <laughs> view. Uh,
0: but we're gonna make in July. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> That's true. But we're gonna make this night precious. We're calling this episode Klug Lights as opposed to do clean lights, you know, those, little, those movie light things, because our guest in the neighborhood is going to be Bruce Kluger. And yeah. uh, Bruce is an old friend. He, has to, he used to um, work in the editorial department pretty high up at Playboy when I was there many, mm-hmm. many moons ago, and that's where I met him.
1: From reading the articles.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he was never a centerfold, although I was. I was uh, Miss March and Miss April. Because there was so much of me that they put half of me in one month and the other half in the other. I, you know, it was, it was. I was very proud. It was a proud moment. I don't know how many barracks I'm up in or I was back in the, uh, the first Iraq war. The 30s. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was this whole centerfold and then one little long strip for one particular body part. Well, I can't get into that. But anyway, use your imaginations. I was at Playboy. Bruce Kluger was at Playboy. We became friends. We both moved on to other things and Bruce has been a freelancey kind of blogger and essayist for places like the H- The Huffington Post and for USA Today and he's written I think for, for even the New York Times now and, and now.
1: This is the best gig he could get.
0: <laughs> What's he doing on our show? Well actually Bruce was a guest here about three years ago and I'm really happy to have him on then now having him back because he has a new book that he's co written with David Slavin called Young Dick Cheney Great American. And it's a satirical book with cartoons and everything, telling the story in a comical way of how Dick Cheney went from being a pampered little boy who discovers oil under his father's car to being essentially the American Antichrist. All in about 50 readable pages. Kind of a very, very fun, quick read, zany, silly bathroom book that I uh, recommend that you get. A bathroom book? Well, you know, the, the book that you read, and uh, you can read it anywhere. But it's that kind of book. It's a, it's a fun... You pick it up, you read ten pages, you wipe, and then you come back for more. I'm sorry. That's a terrible way of putting it. You can, you can also really bring it on a train. very the tra- pleased when he hears it. Well, if you bring it on a train, it's a little too short. If you're going on a long train trip, you'll finish it, and you'll have still 20 minutes to spare, and and you'll be without a book or on, on the return trip. So you can't have do on a that. a plane trip? Beach. Good for a beach. It's hardcover. It'll hold up against water and sand. Checking out Young Dick Cheney by Bruce Kluger. Bruce will be telling us all about it um, in just a couple of minutes. We'll also be going inside Broadway on Dave's Gone By tonight, talking about the Tony fallout. We were talking, Jeff and I, a little bit about it in the pre-show, what shows might get a boost from the Tonys, and what shows were a bust and are disappearing because of the Tonys. I'll also be reviewing at least two shows, a couple that I saw this week off... (coughs) Excuse me off-Broadway, including a one-woman show by a girl who used to be on the Paul Zalun TV show, Beekman's World, you know that one where he's the crazy mad scientist and he's got the rat guy and the the helper, well, it's funny, both the, the girls, or two of the three of the girls who appeared on that show as the helper, the cute little assistant, they both went on to theater careers and in doing one-woman shows of characters. Well,
1: duh, they were actresses on the show. I,
0: know but, I know, but the fact that they're doing What the same a crazy them. thing. These young actresses grew up to be big actresses. Well, yeah, but it's not like they're, they're doing regular theater. They're both doing these one-woman shows of different characters, as opposed to going and doing Uncle Vanya and Huntington Theatre Company. Why do with Paul Zalun? Well, well Zaloon's... Uh, very, very smart. Very, very creative fellow. Yeah. I wish he would be doing more theater. I don't know where the hell he's been for 10 years. He was in, He's in looms room. <laughs> That's right. We're going to Zaloom, Zaloom, Anyway, so one of those women was Eliza Schneider, and she had uh, a show in the Fringe about a year or so ago. This woman is Alana Ubach and she's done a lot of movies and stuff like that, too, but she has a new show called Patriotic Bitch that she's kind of workshopping off-Broadway, and I'll bet you it comes back in a more commercial-run Within the year, because really? it's pretty good, but we'll talk about that, and we'll also talk about the long-running show, Jump, that's playing at the Union Square Theater, finally caught up with it this week, and rather enjoyed that, oh, too. Oh,
1: how odd, you know, when I was in um, Thailand, Jump was coming to Thailand.
0: Oh, is it, well, it's that kind of show, yeah. it doesn't need language very much, it's, it's all physical, but it's one of the better ones, so I will give it that, so... Oh, yeah, oh, good. Before we get to Bruce Kluger and all that cool stuff, let's thank our sponsors in the neighborhood, including Hewlett Minuteman Press, the copy kings of Broadway.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: 10% off.
1: Notice how I copied that.
0: Oh, oh that's how you duplicated the words thank you. That's right. And because you're a Dave's Gone by Listener, what do you get?
1: I got 10% off. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank
0: you. Hewlett Minuteman Press, 1315 Broadway in Hewlett. Also, thank you to Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, the Bible of Broadway for 65 years. Big discount for Dave's Gone By listeners there, too. For a full year of Performing Arts Insider, 12 monthly issues. It's only $120. That sounds like a lot of money, but worth every penny. And if you were paying for the the, uh, newsstand price... It would be fifteen dollars an issue, so you really are saving a bundle of dough. And the there.
1: information is inv- priceless
0: and available at what website?
1: dave dot org.
0: That's correct. And Performing Arts dot com for for the discount stuff. Go to Dave's Gone By dot org. For more about the magazine, Performing Arts Insider dot com. And Can you, dot com. Um, I didn't think of it. I guess I'm, if it's available, I'll look for it. I'll look. And speaking of as someone who doesn't even have his own website and yet has a business, what were you doing today? You were you were working on a bar mitzvah today.
1: Yes, we have the the um,
0: the gross bar mitzvah. No, we we finished. It the was gross, gross bar mitzvah. and disgusting.
1: The gross the gross bar mitzvah was a great success. Uh-huh. At the uh, Stuart Thomas Manor. Ooh. Where's that? In Massapequa. Oh, very nice. Massapequa Park? Well, I think in Massapequa. Or North Massapequa, maybe.
0: Okay, no one cares. So, but it went well.
1: Oh, Dave, you, 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 I, everyone cares about the Stuart Thomas Mountain.
0: Yeah, okay. Man, Stuart Thomas cares. <laughs> no,
1: it's Stuart and Thomas, actually. And oh, you know did it. a
0: music-themed bar mitzvah. Yes.
1: That was Ian Gross's bar mitzvah.
0: <laughs> Little Ian Gross. We
1: have a bat mitzvah coming up.
0: Oh, there they're also? What's her theme? No. Oh.
1: It's going to be at uh, the East Meadow Jewish Center for people who want to see me next Saturday.
0: Okay. I'll just <laughs> stop by the East
1: Meadow Jewish Center, say hi.
0: Well, no, no, if you're interested in having um, party decorations and you want to see what Jeff does, that might be, in his, he's going to be doing a bar mitzvah. He does the balloons, he does the centerpieces.
1: And he has a, a lovely television theme going on.
0: Oh, for the, the, the bar mitzvah? The next one, yes. So it's going to be, what do you mean by a television theme?
1: they are going to be big glitter televisions everywhere.
0: Ooh. Every
1: table's another television show.
0: It'll be a fake television, right? You'll have a picturing it. Well, most
1: televisions aren't made out of glitter and styrofoam, so...
0: Okay. No, I thought you took a real old television and covered it. I don't know. It's your job, not mine. Fancy schmancy balloons. The phone number is 516-797-3229. 516-797-3229 for all your party decorating needs. Jeff does a really good job. And don't forget, if you're starting the party from scratch and you need a DJ or you need the flowers too, Jeff can hook you up with all they the people. He full
1: party planning for you.
0: That's what he does. 797-3229, area code 516. It's 1110 p.m. here on the first Sunday of summer in the neighborhood. We'll be right back after this message with Bruce Kluger. Minute Man, the superheroes of photocopying, printing and binding. Minute Man, no job too big or small. Minute Man, family run since 1975. Minute Man, 1315 Broadway in Hewlett, Long Island, next to the new Loman Shoe Store. Tell them they've sent you for 10% off. Minute Mean, hero of our photocopying dreams. Welcome back to Dave's Gone By on this Sunday night, and sometimes on the show, not too often but I do occasionally get political. I've tried not to because we've been so inundated with candidates and with the primaries and the upcoming election for the past year or so that like I talk about it sometimes on my other time on the radio station, but I try to keep it out of Dave's gone by because there's such a surfeit of it. And yet, every once in a while, politics rears its ugly head and heads its ugly rear, and both cases are very much informing the book that I hold in my hands right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's a children's book of sorts for very disturbed children written by a very disturbed grown child by the name of Bruce Kluger. Now, Bruce and I go back a ways because uh, we used to work for the same very demented company, publishing company. We'll, We'll get into that. And Bruce has also been on Dave's Gone By a couple of years ago when he was doing freelance articles for Salon.com and a bunch of other places. But now he has co-written this book, Young Dick Cheney, Great American, with David Slavin. He He and Slavin do a lot of these little short comic essay type pieces, but they've actually written a book. I mean, it's a short book, and there are a lot of pictures in it, so if you're... More like a novella than a novel. But, well, it's the first book. We'll, we'll, we'll give it to him. And it's pretty damn funny, too. So congratulations, well, first Well, thank of all, you, David. Thank you. Young Dick Cheney, great American. First of all, when did the idea come to you, and how long between the idea and the fruition of having a book?
3: Well, my, my writing partner, David Slappin and I were kind of mulling an idea of a book for a long time. We had been doing satire on NPR for a while. Um, we both have... Uh, Children of grammar school age, so we're very familiar, you know, with bedtime stories and children's books. We had also both recently contributed stories. Uh, Dave contributed a story, and I contributed a poem to Marlo Thomas's last children's book, oh. "Thanks, Thanks and Giving All Year Long." I work with Marlo on her books, and that was a collection of stories and poems for children as well. So we were both in that very frame of mind, and we thought, would it be funny to write a children's book or a faux children's book? Uh, about our vice president, who is um, who is a fairy tale unto himself. He's more like the ogre of a fairy tale. So we uh, we originally envisioned the book as part of a series of, uh, like in our mind's eye, we had a box a box set of children's books. There would be Young Dick Cheney, Great American. There would be A is for Abu Ghraib, my first alphabet book. There would be Encyclopedia Brownie and the Case of the Missing Levy. We thought we would have a a series of books about the Bush administration, so we started with uh, Young Dick Cheney ostensibly as a golden book, and lo and behold, we fell in love with our nasty little hero, and it turned from what's called uh, from a golden book into what's called in children's literature a chapter book. And so, so you
0: went from sort of uh, like kindergarten first grade. To a third-grade kind of book.
3: Uh, Right, third, fourth, maybe even sixth grade. Well, you're uh, pushing it there, but yeah. We hired an illustrator, and one of the challenges of doing this was to be able to say all the the outrageous things we wanted to say, but to keep it within the format of a children's book. Uh, And so that that was the range that was holding us in all the time, is in order to really do satire right, you've got to keep your format. And in the very same way as if we're on the radio doing a Star Wars commercial, and, you know, instead you know, doing a send-up on a on a sci-fi movie You've still got to do the format right Then make your jokes work within that framework
0: The, the content grows out of the form, in yep. other words So, yep. before we, we go further Let's give the audience, our listeners A taste of how young Dick Cheney reads The, the, the style of the book And how you're telling his story In obviously a, a not-quite-authorized way
3: Sure, well uh, let me let me give you one from chapter four. It's early on in the book. It's, chapter four is called a magic moment, and it begins one sunny spring day when Dick was four years old. He was playing in his front yard with a beach ball, a gift from his parents. The inflatable sphere was painted to resemble the earth, and young Dick took great delight in making it bounce any which way he wanted it to. He also liked kicking it around. Suddenly, the ball took a wild spin and rolled off the direction of the uh, rolled off in the direction of the driveway coming to a stop beneath the back wheels of Mr. Cheney's thirty-eight Packard. Crawling beneath the car for the ball, young Dick was startled by a sudden reflection. Just beneath the tailpipe, the sun illuminated a small, sparkling black puddle, creating the most beautiful rainbow young Dick had ever seen. He was drawn to it, like a kitten to a dish of really dark milk. Dick slid on his belly closer to the inky slick. He smelled it. It was sweet and inviting he touched it. It was wet and silky. Then he tasted it. Suddenly, the cramped space beneath the car seemed to glow as if lit by the heavens above. Sprawled on his stomach and breathing heavily, young Dick swore he could hear music, just like the songs of worship he heard every Sunday at St. Agnes's Weeping Face of Christ Pentecostal Church. A tingle of excitement ran up his short, thick legs. Talking aside the earth ball, young Dick slithered out from under the car and darted inside, "'Ah!' he shouted, bursting into the parlor and thrusting his hand beneath his father's face. "'I found this under your car. What is it?' Jedediah took a long look at his son's moist black finger, then smiled. "'Why, that's oil, son,' he said. "'You know, black gold, Texas tea.' Young Dick looked confused. "'It's what makes cars run,' the father continued patiently, "'and tractors and aeroplanes and machines.' It's found underground, all over the earth, and people pay millions of dollars for it. That was when young Dick Cheney had his first heart attack. <laughs>
0: ah, ah, ah. One of the running jokes in the book, and, and, and actually... Dick Cheney's life is that he's constantly having heart attacks even Yeah, we, figured,
3: we, yeah we could figure we could break new ground this Saturday so we could make people laugh at, heart, at a heart condition then we then we were. And and David, the jury is still out. Who knows?
0: <laughs> well, and also you do the um, the shooting in the face. Yes. You yes. really, you get a lot of mileage out of uh, Dick Cheney's propensity for finding a friend taking him on a hunting trip. And,
3: um... We, we, a lot of people wind up with bullet-ridden faces in this. as a matter of fact, one of his teachers later on, um... Uh, a teacher named Mr. Blitzer gives him an F on a school paper and suddenly disappears in a mysterious hunting accident. We never see him again. So <laughs> there 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 are guns ablazing in this uh, in this little book of ours.
0: Okay, listen to me. No, I mean listen to me on Compact Disc, where bunches of past episodes of Dave's Gone By are yours to hear over and over again. Comedy sketches like Mel's a-poppin' and Handyman Yoni. Visits with guests like Reckless Eric and Julie Haggerty. Punchlines and politics in the news gone by. All just $11 a disc. Shipping included... Visit davesgoneby.org or call 516-295-1511 for me on CD.
3: Hi, this is Bruce Kluger. I'm the co-author with David Slavin of Young Dick Cheney, Great American, and you're listening to Dave's Gone By, WGBB in Freeport.
0: How many lawyers, Bruce Kluger, how many lawyers did you have to vet this book through for it to be public. Yeah,
3: that's a very good question. We actually had a couple lawyers take a look at it. Believe it or not, even in a country in which, um, oh, I don't know, waterboarding, replacing baseball is a sport of choice, uh, satirists are pretty much uh, protected uh, uh, because most satire is based on public figures. But we have a nice little disclaimer on the table of contents
4: Mm, that reads
3: all characters and situations are depicted solely for the purposes of comment, criticism, and parody, any similarity to real people or events without poetic purpose is a coincidence oh yeah,
0: yeah. isn 't that actually a lie <laughs> <laughs> didn 't you actually put that a, a lie in, I mean, we, some lawyers going to take that we know.
3: thought we thought that would be a good first joke
0: oh I, oh, I see, but, but even even the fact I wonder about because the front page, the cover is marvelous, and the illustrations are really, really great in uh, young Dick Cheney, Great American, which is published by alternate books but there 's this cool picture of Dick Cheney in a frame. As a baby, except it's Dick Cheney's grown, horrible head on his little pudgy baby's you know, shirt, and then his his tubby little legs and knees. Was yeah, I mean, are you able to actually do that with a person's head? God bless
3: Photoshop. That's all I can say. Well,
0: I, I know I'm. I'm not. Ta- I'm talking again legally. I'm talking legally.
3: Sure. Like Terry
0: sure. Gilliam using Queen Victoria. Sure. Okay. You,
3: once again, most you know most pictures are public domain. Of public people or public domain, you're very careful. If I took this from a, a personal shot, I might have trouble. But I believe this was a wire service photo, and you know they, they do give a wide berth. Believe it or not, they give a Good. wider berth to satirists than they do to uh, to the typical journalists. The other thing is, a lot of times people don't want to even go a legal route because most of the time, for example, in a book like this, Dick Cheney. The last thing in the world that Dick Cheney's office is going to come after us. Uh, because it only draws attention. It draws more attention. That happened with that Broadway show, Avenue Q. It was a clear send-up on Sesame Street, and in fact was created by former Sesame Streeters. And the scuttlebutt that I heard about was that the real children's television workshop people came in saw an early version of the show said, oh, my God, this is (laughs) just outrageous. But they made a joint decision at that time not to pursue any legal grounds for any sort of intellectual property that Avenue Q had, because it would only draw attention to the show.
0: Huh. Well, I, it's hard to say in retrospect whether they were right or wrong. Because right, the because, show because became the show a became a hit. a hit anyway. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and I hope your book becomes a hit, Young Dick Cheney. I'm, I'm just getting that title out there again and again so people I can so Google it that, and Amazon it and get it from Alternet Books. Do they have it alternetbooks.com? Is like a way... Uh... Hey, no,
3: it's alternet.org. It's a, uh-huh. a um, political and news website that's quite popular out there. It used to be used to be one of the top along with Salon, one of the top ones, and Ariana came along and blew everybody out of the water. But they're still a very, very powerful site. But they just started the book division. We are their first book. They're going to do about four more books this year. But you can also go to www.youngdickcheney.com. I have learned to design websites in the last year.
4: Oh, um, very nice. So uh,
3: I had a lot of fun doing that. And we gave Young Dick a Facebook page, and we gave him a YouTube video, and ah, he's on ah. MySpace. Um, oh, excellent. But, uh, you know, when you're sending somebody email from Young Dick, you know, there's a lot yeah. of problem with Googling. Spam,
0: spam just everywhere. <laughs> 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 Nothing you can put in that, in a title line that would work. Now, one thing, um, we're talking with uh, Bruce Kluger, who co-wrote the book Young Dick Cheney, and kind of wondering about the shelf life of satire. It's kind of interesting to come out with a book when the... Administration has essentially been a lame duck for well over a year now. You don't even hear everything's about Obama and Hillary and McCain, and George Bush almost seems like an afterthought. You haven't heard anything about Cheney or any of those horrible people. I mean, what, what's your? Name you your make
3: name? an excellent yeah. point, David. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why many of the major public. We went with a smaller publisher. Many of the major publishing houses said to us. Uh, early on this is really hilarious this is a funny book and the quickest we can get it out of spring 2008 and by then Bush Cheney will be old news irrelevant yesterday's news um, and we took a roll of the dice because it's the one thing we've learned about this administration is that they've broken every conventional wisdom of politics
4: uh-huh. uh, in
3: the past so we took a roll of the dice that uh, in fact they would I mean just in the last month alone Dick Cheney's been in the news Three times, once for, for authorizing some sort of torture from Cheney on down, another time for his tax returns, which came to, I think, $3.4 million in a year when the rest of the economy went into the crapper um, and into the gutter, I should right. say.
0: Well, no, that's fine. Crapper, we can use the word crapper. We can just... even use the word dick to refer to <laughs> Mr. Let me tell you something,
3: my friend. Yeah. We posted this video on YouTube, and it's fine. You can find it on YouTube under the title Young Dick Cheney. Uh, Great American, but when we posted it on Yahoo, if you go look for this our video on Yahoo, it says Young D, and then you know how they Uh, do the comic books?
4: The stars? With
3: stars and pound signs and exclamation points, and there's nothing I could do. There was nothing I could do to to read. Every time I tried to revamp it, it came up, so I sometimes share emails with my my, uh, idol, Frank Rich, and I sent him an uh, uh, an email that told him in this anecdote, and I said, "So now it's official, our vice president's name is a dirty word. Ooh. yeah, but um uh, but you make a very good point, David. So the shelf life, you know, could be short. We were taking the roll on the dice that a, the year is young, you never know what this guy's going to do next but but b we also think it would be a nice kick out the door for uh for a president and vice president have been somewhat controversial. <laughs> our, our slogan, that sort of came uh, organically, is "It's safe to laugh again." That's what we decided our yeah, slogan right? was going to be.
0: Well, that that was the weirdest thing. It was. It was. Um, I've commented about this on on the program, but what happened was after four years of George Bush, somehow America managed to elect him again. I don't know, and it wasn't even obviously a um, a a fiat, a mandate by the Supreme Court this time. He won. He, he won, won the right. vote. And it, it astonished me that people thought Iraq was a good thing and that he was somehow a good president. And the no. timing
3: was amazing. You've got to remember that the Iraq war started in 2003, and by then everybody's already starting to gear up for the 2004 election anyway. It was too new. My guess is things started to erode pretty quickly. My guess is if, if somehow the election was in 2005, he wouldn't have been elected again.
0: Six months after he won that vote, everything turned. Suddenly, America woke up and said, "Iraq is not a good thing." And yeah. then he couldn't. And then, amazingly enough, he became Ford. He couldn't do anything right. Suddenly. Everybody turned on him. We knew the, All the people who voted for him realized it was a disaster. I don't and, and know why we we spoke. Had the,
3: And yet we had the warnings earlier. I've gotten to know Phil Donahue over the last couple of years, and he was gracious enough to give us a quote on the back of our book, along with Keith Olbermann and Arianna Huffington. And Mel Brooks even gave us a nice, a nice blurb for our promotion. But, but Phil, you've got to remember that Phil Donahue was fired from his television program as early as 2002, uh, I believe it was, who yeah. speaking out against a war, so I guess by then the war was in play, um, although the, it hadn't started. But he was speaking out against this and you know, in the famous internal memo uh, at NBC News, and he was on MSNBC, the famous internal memo that said, now is not the time for people to be speaking out hmm. whenever the rest of the networks are waving the flag. You know, Bill Maher was fired.
4: Oh, I remember we're,
3: that, yeah. And what's interesting is the people who spoke out against it have been proven right. And uh, you're right, man, six months, it, 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 it's an amazing, an amazing thing.
0: It was a weird, the weirdest kind of sea change. It really it just, it, it shocked me. Too. But then, everything goes in cycles. We all know that. Right, right. And for all we know, and I hate to say this, but maybe 25 years from now we'll prove that George Bush
3: wasn't bad. God knows. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet against that. <laughs> I'm going to fly out to Vegas tonight and put the put the money against that. What's interesting is our whole life, you and me, Dave, we, we've grown up with Buchanan, Grant, and Warren G. Harding being the worst presidents in American history. And as of this last week, um, CNN reported, I believe, that some historians got together and said, this could be it. This could be the worst president in history.
0: Well, I think you're kind of rosy-colored glasses over the past few years because, and for my generation, Nixon was a disaster. I mean, I remember the last year or two, of I was a kid, right? and I remember how they loathed Nixon, how they despised him, and how ugly the, the the country was, and how people never trusted the government again after him.
3: Exactly, which is how we got into we got into some uh, pretty dubious presidencies after that. when Jimmy Carter was?
4: Carter was born, a,
3: a horror. He was uh, he he as my brother always likes to say, he he was born to be a Supreme Court Chief Justice. His mm. heart was one of the great hearts ever to reside in the White House, but as a president. He was not strong. He was not strong, and then, of course, we went from Ford to him to, to Reagan and to, yeah, well, to the chill of eight years of Reagan. But um, well,
0: actually, Reagan was a fairly decent president for the most part. You just made. I mean, we probably disagree there, but
3: I'm not. I'm not so sure. I have, I've softened on him in recent years, but I've never quite understood the great the great communicator stuff. He had a good speechwriter, and he was a doddering old guy. And I never forgiven him. Personally, never for, forgiven. For Bitburg, or uh, pardon me. For Bitburg? No, 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 no. I've personally never forgiven him for, for keeping mum about the AIDS crisis and letting it blow out, yeah. of, out of proportion until, until his Hollywood friend died of it. And then he started speaking out. And by then, the the uh, real demon was out of the bag at that point. And, and also the, the air traffic
0: controllers. I think he was, uh, that was a horrible thing that he did, right. bashing the union. The unions have never recovered in this country nope. from what he did to the... Uh, the but, but actually, my, my only point about the president was it's like... I also came of a well. Actually, no. I was a child, but I remember just how everybody hated LBJ, and how Lyndon was responsible for the escalation. It, no, yes,
3: but in both the cases of LBJ and Nixon, it was uh, it was their personal flaws. LBJ pulled the levers of government like nobody else. He created the civil rights movement, uh, or, or continued Kennedy's. He was an incredible, but, but his pride. I once spoke to Doris kearns Goodwin, and I said, wouldn't this have happened to any other president? And She said, no. In fact, Johnson's pride over not wanting to preside over a war that he said we would lose was the thing that did him in. She mm-hmm. says she remembers him saying, I feel like I'm on the, 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 the last one on the airplane. Everybody else has jumped out, and there's no parachutes, because they disappeared one by one. Same thing with Nixon. You take away that pathological self-destructiveness, and he was a brilliant, brilliant right tactician both domestically but especially internationally i mean there was a reason that that uh that henry kissinger commented that only dick nixon could go to to china and yet and yet <laughs> it was one of our great nutcases of all time uh, yeah. self-destructive so that's why i think he doesn't rank down there as our worst because he was you know he did open the doors to china and in and, and a little bit to russia as well
0: but that's why i'm saying history has grown softer perhaps on someone like LBJ. Because in the heat of the moment, LBJ was about the disaster of Vietnam. Yep, yep. In retrospect, LBJ was also about the Great Society. Right. Oh, well, i mean, saying,
3: in this yeah. case, though, I have racked my brain for it. I, I can't it can <laughs>
0: you, you can't think of any... There is yeah. nothing,
3: David. There is nothing. You know, No Child Left Behind. It's a disaster. And un- it's very... I have called it in one of my columns in USA Today. Very well-intentioned. But totally underfunded and horrifically executed beyond that what, what? tax breaks and, and, and a war
0: is that why the stock market hasn't crashed is why everybody's racking their I think it's only because they keep cutting the interest rates and therefore the stock market responds with hope but uh, I, what I don't understand and I think the the one of the reasons that he won in 2004 and one of the reasons why even you know, there's, he still has his defenders is because although everything's gone wrong, for some reason the stock market makes money.
3: That's so right.
0: it's all right. You know, it's, it's gone down a bit over the past couple of months. Well, that's but that,
3: he's shown that since the very beginning. That's his priority. I hmm. mean this is the crazy thing. You can say it in election after election. Oh yeah, yeah, but you know and for some reason it's ignored as a party line, but his concern really is with business and with donors and with, you know, it'll come down on the side of business people if it comes to the the environment, or uh, the automobiles, or he will come down on the side of business. He is from a business family. Mm. He is a, a businessman, and, and his concern about the top X percent and the richest people in this country. But he got away with it because he can talk like you know a down home boy, which is what I'm hoping. I'm crossing my fingers works against McCain this time because we've seen, we've now already elected a president mm. who we could go imagine having a beer with and I, I think I can't the,
0: imagine having a beer with George Bush
3: <laughs> and I don't even drink beer but enough people could enough people could but, I, but the point is the plain talk the you know yeah. the down home we're done with that we're done with that uh, as a matter of fact there was some comedian who was talking about Obama and the big complaints about him being a, elite oh it was John Stewart John Stewart said I would actually like somebody who's so smart that they can be a snob I don't want to go out for a beer with him I want to make sure the country's okay. Right.
0: If only we you know, America had woken up during
3: Al Gore's run and oh, man, and not Imagine yeah, that. I know. I know. And when are you gonna run for president? You're celebrating an anniversary. How many years have you been on the air at this point? Five and a
0: half years, well thanks for, for, I have a marriage anniversary, married ten years, I'm uh, on the air five and a half years, what anniversary are you thinking of?
3: No, I'm thinking, I thought it you passed the five, or, I couldn't remember, I actually thought it was ten, that's how accustomed to this I am, no, five year anniversary on the air.
0: Yeah, man. Well, you haven't
3: been thrown in jail yet, right? No,
0: man, I, I guess it is that whole satire thing. They allow me to do pretty much what well, because i 'm on Sunday night, and nobody listens, but uh, <laughs> and, the, and the station has finally uh, started archiving shows, so I think now the government will finally get around to listening and realize some of the things I 've been saying and doing that's right and, and, and now i 'm going to be terrible, terrible trouble but it 's well, been fun
3: well we 've got, we've got to worry about the government at all because a matter of fact, I was I was thinking earlier this book came out, and uh, there's a Jewish word called Beshert, ah. which means of course, as you know, meant to be, and we Go down, we come down very hard on, uh, on Lynn Cheney in the book because to me she's the walking, talking, sexual hypocrisy for a number of reasons. So we're a little hard on her. I mean, I'm not sure if you even noticed, but her first novel had lesbian scenes in it.
0: Did oh, really?
3: Yes. Oh. With sisters, and it was quickly taken out of print when they became vice presidential family, and she's got a gay daughter, yet her husband is part of this administration's anti, anti-gay marriage. So I'm just thinking that you know she's right... Well, anyway, she is in my neighborhood two weeks after the book comes out. I'm thinking, this is the Shared. I can make some press by this, by going to this event. Clearly, reporters are going to be there. And maybe if I can give her a like buy a copy of her book... And her book is also about the same thing that my book is. Growing up in Wyoming, where she and Dick were actually high school sweethearts. Yeah. Only in our version, she's a little, just kind of different kind of high school <laughs> sweetheart. But in any case, <laughs> no, she's
0: I, a good girl for most of the book. She's, uh, yeah. <laughs> she paints herself green. That's about as, um, you know, as naughty as she gets. Well,
3: she, it really, it really, it really takes a long time for her to acknowledge that she loves Dick. <sighs> I'm just telling you to well there's talk.
0: a lesbian theme right there, okay, yeah,
3: so anyway, I went to the uh to the to the lecture and i i I wanted to you know maybe offer her my book afterwards, maybe a reporter could see, and I tell you i I discovered something about myself that night, people were really enjoying her, and I felt like i I would be a skunk at the garden party. If I showed up at the table and asked her to sign my book, and she'd look on the back, and she'd look on the cover, and she'd see it. But the real concern was, we're dealing with the vice president's wife. I was positive it was going to be a one-way ticket to Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> you know, you've <laughs> got to be careful with it. I mean, I'm talking to you from my kitchen phone right now. Who knows who's listening in, right?
0: Well, certainly nobody listening to the radio.
3: But... <laughs> 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 Oh,
0: I mean, I guess. and With the rules, the way they bent them in order to uh, do the post-9-11, what, what, what do we call those? I'm, I'm, my brain is blanking on them, but in order, you can arrest anybody on suspicion of terrorism yep. and then have a charge five months later, you know. And in between, I guess they can put you in Guantanamo Bay or, or, or worse somewhere in New Jersey.
3: Well, which, and the jury's still out on which it works. Well, I must tell you, though, for my for our living, and I, I won't name names because I don't want to, as they say, gore my own ox. But we have we
0: have. Oh, I gore my ox at least daily. It
3: feels good. Yeah, I don't want that word picture. Thank we you. um, we have had our satire turned down. Uh, I can tell you, the first date, the first day that we had a piece turned down, um, uh, because of content was on September twelfth. Not that we oh. were writing funny. We had had a piece. We added a piece in the works on September 10th, and we were working on it September 11th, um, for a for a popular website, and it was it was tanked. It was it was pulled on September 12th. Now, in that case, we we didn't even ask. We said, obviously, let's pull this because the, yeah. the country's in trouble. And but subsequently, over the next two, three, four years, and up until today, we now still run into uh, roadblocks. I'm talking about my satire satire partner, David, and myself. Uh, We run into roadblocks all the time because people are a little edgy about, I mean, do I I think I'm really going to get hauled off to Guantanamo? Of course not. Do I think it's a little harder to put put food on my kids' plate? to be funny, you know, the way satirists used to be about the people in power? Yes, it is harder. And that's the killer. You know, there's a very, very, very big newspaper who I spoke to recently, and I said, are you guys going to run a a review of young Dick Cheney, and the book editor said to me, not unless, we have a, uh, not unless we have a book that makes fun of a Democrat as oh, well. Oh,
0: boy. I mean, what, was it the Washington Post? It had to be the Washington no, Post. No, no,
3: I can't, can't say because I also, you know, occasionally make money from some papers. So, you know, so it would be in, in Dallas. But my, my point is it really doesn't even matter who it was because it's pretty much across the board. There is a, I mean, the biggest myth in this country is about the liberal media, it is extremely conservative media. They're run by corporations, and they don't want to offend.
0: Right, they're they're, they're scared to hell of a backlash, so yep. they feel they've got to bend over backwards to appear fair. Although I think the, they're removing the fairness doctrine thing from radio, aren't they? Radio and TV you don't have to um, have equal time anymore. Am I wrong on that? Oh,
3: maybe, maybe you're you're in case there because I mean, Phil Donahue told me once that that and he's gone on the record about this is when he. Uh, When he was doing his show, I think that the ratio is they had to have two conservatives on for every liberal. I mean, it wasn't even fair and balanced. It was fair fair and imbalanced. Unfair and imbalanced.
0: Incredible. Incredible. Oh, honey, make sweet love to me. Huh? Can't you put down that stupid book? In a minute, dear. You said that 20 minutes ago. What's so special about marriage, babies, and the end of the world? Well, it's a collection of plays by radio host Dave Lefkowitz. Why do you want to read a bunch of plays? Because they're hilarious. How'd you even buy that book? Online at org. 20 bucks. And they've got trade paperbacks for 12. You would rather read Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World than ride me like a hot stallion? Well, maybe we can compromise. Mm-hmm. Wow, I mm-hmm. love this book.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, and you too, hon.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Hi, this is Bruce Kluger, co-author with David Slavin of the new book, Young Dick Cheney, Great American. And you're listening to another Great American on Dave's Gone By, WGBB, and Freeport.
0: Let, let's move just away from the book for a, a little bit with um, Bruce Kluger here. He is the author of Young Dick Cheney, but also he and his writing partner, um, David Slavin. Is, is it pronounced Slavin? Slavin. I've been slamming away mispronouncing it all this time. Oh well. And so, you guys have been writing. That's really what you do. You write these little essays, like these waldian kind of uh, political Bombeckian missives. <laughs> That well, appear in, in major newspapers, either course, in newspapers
3: project. or we on on NPR. I mean, our actually our first one of our first pieces for National Public Radio was on All Things Considered was behind the scenes at the energy task force, at Dick Cheney's mysterious energy task force, and it was really you know we we revealed who it was, and it was just a bunch of the guys, and of course Christy Todd Whitman was there because she was our brand new. What was she at the time? Environment or
0: Oh, oh, God. Yeah, something after, after her governorship, she. Right, me, right. But yeah, yeah. well, we had all the big,
3: the big oil boys. They were actually just in the, in the room divvying up the state, or divvying up the world, I think. But anyway, they sent her out for sandwiches, you know, and laughed when she left the room. And it's funny, I saw something on the web recently, not within, not long ago.
4: Yeah, that Some
3: guy was cruising around links that he saved, and he brought that up and, and said, Talk about Precian. Now, at the time, we just made fun of him because he was, you know, a rich guy, Dick, Dick Cheney, because he was a, a rich guy. And it turns out that I remember distinctly, I don't know where, if you remember this, but when he first said he wouldn't reveal who was in his energy task force, I remember thinking to myself, hmm. Are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to say you can't, you won't tell? You're our vice president. And strangely enough, you know, not telling has been the theme of this.
0: That, that's been the whole thing of the administration, or it's certainly right. his end of it. Let me ask. Um, I'm, I know we, we talked about this about two, three years ago when you were on the show back then, and just basically talking about politics and things like that. But
3: is that your? Are you able
0: to do that pretty much full time?
3: Mm. I'm. I. I know. I'm sort of uh, after leaving. Did we discuss where we both worked? Did we say oh, the we should, name? Did we uh, say the dreaded P name yet?
0: The, the, the dreaded P name, the, the name we can say on,
3: on the air. Yeah, I still I, love the magazine. I still love it. We both worked at Playboy. Yeah, uh, we,
0: I worked for a year and a half there. You were there for a, much longer time. I was there 13
3: years. But then when I left, no, I took a, I left in 99. And I took a long time trying to, you know. Get, get roots and figure out what to do. So, no, the the satire is only part of the things I do. I'm also on the board of contributors at USA Today, which means I write oh. regular op-eds for them. And I, I carved out a sort of fatherhood beat there. And I'm also contributing editor a parenting magazine. And have yes. a sort of side thing is reviewing home video and DVD for children and for adults. I was a uh, DVD critic for Us Weekly for a while. So I still do a lot of movie and DVD reviewing. But you know, there's a sort of family beat. So for for my brain, the um, the satire has been you know kind of a yin to the yang there. And it's because uh, you just,
0: have to watch Barney videos half the day. And um... hey,
3: listen, I love that dinosaur. Oh come on, come on. I'm telling you honestly, I call it the dog whistle. Grown ups like hate him, and I'm hmm. saying anything that makes a child light up like that, they're communicating on a whole level we can't hear.
0: So so Baby Einstein, too, I guess. Or, yeah,
3: or and I got I caught a lot of heat in in August, uh, back in August. The day before I went to London, I was doing radio stuff as I'm packing, because I wrote a piece, because there was some ridiculous report that came out that said Baby Einstein tapes were not only, um, oh, I don't know, they were not only not helping children, which we all knew, but they were making them stupider.
4: Mm. Uh, and
3: I wrote, you know, I said, there's a very precious little I can call myself an expert in, one thing is children's video and DVD because I get everything Right. and I write about it and I, and I said let me tell you something If they and Disney as much as you want to you go after you know the, the monolith of Disney they Baby Einstein which was bought by Disney consistently fine product it's not about the content it's about um, the time parents who believed um, who believed that sitting your kid and not having any interaction with them. That's dangerous because that doesn't give child mm-hmm. human inter- children human interaction. And, and and I'm not an expert in, in child psychology. I'm just a parent, and I stressed that in all of my pieces, but it's common sense. But anyway, this report that came out of the University of Washington uh, had some, what do they call it, screwy math? What is the uh, the term that Al Gore
0: oh, coined?
3: Something yeah. math. Silly math or, or something. And funny,
0: the, yeah, funny math, something like that. Yeah.
3: And the statistics were really bad. But anyway, I got nailed on that. I was Right before we went on a family trip, and and I said that this report was bunk, and I was called every name in the book by bloggers and everybody. And that they they accuse me of parking my children and chaining them to the TV and making them look at it. <laughs>
0: well, that's what I would do if I had a kid. I mean, in fact, I'm definitely, my kid gets chained to the radiator two hours a day.
3: Oh boy, David. So. Two and a half in winter. Yeah. Oh, boy, David, we gotta, we got to take care of you.
0: <laughs> I'd
3: actually like to see a small version of you. No, you wouldn't. Yeah.
0: I'm already a small version of me. Think about it. And also, be honest. Be really honest now. I want you absolutely, you know, I'm holding you to be truthful because of the, the sagarist and the kind of writer that you are. Did the Wiggles suck now that the, uh, the main guy's sick?
3: You know what? It's so funny that you asked that. I mean, I was a diehard, and I knew their publicist. So I saw them as early as, and I kid you not, playing in the toy store. I
0: thought you were going to say playing in the toilet, which would really <laughs> be interesting.
3: Playing in the back of the toy store on 87th Street. They they were very smart. And I'm not making a joke here. I'm not being satirical. Yeah. They became famous by doing warm-up for Barney. They they were very smart. They went out on the road with the Barney tour and were warm-up. I mean, they were excellent. And they were all, by, But incidentally, by the way, they were also... They're all you know grown-up musicians playing clubs and stuff, and and I think one of them had a day job as a children's you know uh, educator, yeah. And they figured out how to marry the two. So I always was a gigantic fan of theirs, but I freaked out when the uh, when the purple one got sick. Yeah, man. I never never knew what happened. So I have to tell you, I I cannot be a, a good authority on this because uh they so so you know when you have children you follow their tastes. So I'm in the whole kind of Disney High School Musical you know. Uh, Avril Lavigne kind mm. of... Uh...
0: Well, no, I did even worse. I mean, I, I, my mistake was opening for Tinky Winky on his solo tour. That was just... Oh, man.
3: Oh, but David, you were... The things that got thrown so at me... Oh I,
0: oh, I was good. You were good. But the language, the parents were upset. You, know, you don't use the CS word when you're dealing with three-year-olds. You no, have to wait no, until...
3: No, I yeah. have told you that. I know. No, it's T. It's some. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, just to finish up our, our delightful conversation, we, we have such we gotta do this so much more often you than really we do. We really could yeah. Bruce Kluger the co-author with David Slavin of Young Dick Cheney, Great American, and by the way, let's by
3: Tim Foley. By the way, yeah. You
0: know, I'm sorry that I haven't kept mentioning him because the, the illustrations are quite delightful, and and as much a part of the book as your lousy writing. But you know, <laughs> not just kidding. Just it's it's available from Alternet.org. Am I correct?
3: Uh, Alternet.org. Just go to www.youngdickcheney.com.
0: And that's that's a, the website you designed, right? Yep. Cool. And you have a, um, a website of your own where people can kind of yeah,
3: you can go to uh, BruceKluger.com. dot com.
0: And you post your blogs and your stories and your all links of my to all your stories stuff.
3: Are, are posted there. It was called once you put the kids to bed. It was a, literally a year in the making when the kids were in bed, and my wife was asleep. I would piece at a time, piece together the uh, piece together the website. So it took about a year to do it. So, uh, uh, but now it's all up there. Now whatever, I have a new piece, I just post it up there. And I'm on Huffington Post a lot, and she's. Uh, She's becoming, well, she is now the, the number one blog in America, I mean, in the world. So this is a woman who has taken the Internet by storm. Ariana is just
0: I mean, Good for her, yeah. I, know. I mean, I, I must admit, I was kind of weary about her. Well, I heard, you know, I heard the accent, and I, heard, I saw her accent, I was like, I don't know. But then she turned out to be this raving liberal, and I was like, okay.
3: Well, the reason Dave and I are invited bloggers there is because when she first announced that she was going to do this thing, we immediately wrote a satirical piece in the Los Angeles Times. About about how ridiculous it's going to be with all these celebrities blogging and stuff. And then she's on the phone with you know with with me and she she says, would you and David like to to be bloggers? And boy, I, I uh-huh. you know it's so funny, man. You know it's like peeing out in or outside the tent. She was a very smart woman. She's saying you know come on and join us. And it's amazing how you're. you're I think it's smarter to pee outside the tent. That's right. And oh, I
0: have to think about that one for a minute. But outside <laughs> is
3: better. But it's amazing, this, you know. I, I'm a sucker for flattery. It was like, oh, sure, anything you want. I'll never write anything like that again. But uh-huh. she's got a great that of humor. She's terrific.
0: Excellent. And you got you, as I think we've all witnessed. This evening, Bruce, you've got a great sense of humor. I hope you keep writing. I hope you visit us again much, much sooner than you did the last time. Thank I mean, you, David. Well, that was my I mean, I should have asked you back a lot sooner. So let's write another book real quick.
3: I'm, I'm going to try that. And you keep up the good work, too. You were a force in radio. Seriously, five years is amazing for anything these days. So congratulations on that.
0: Mutual mutual love here. You mutual got Mutual love with my homie, Bruce Kluger, um, author of Young Dick Cheney. Thanks again so much, Bruce, for Thank being you, in the David. neighborhood. you, David. What's playing on Broadway? I'll tell you what's playing on Broadway, and I'll do it by checking Performing Arts Insider. Off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway, off-off-off-Broadway, you keep adding offs, they'll keep adding listings. Who's in the cast? What's it about? Why is it special? Performing Arts Insider is Broadway the best way. 516-295-1511. 516-295-1511. Or see PerformingArtsInsider.com. Inside Broadway, brought to you by Total Theater's Performing Arts Insider, your everything theater guide. Yes, the first Inside Broadway of the post-Tony season. I, I, did I get that right, Jeff? Did I, uh, it is the first Inside Broadway well, after not, the Tonys. Uh, the little no, you're right, it's the second because... <laughs> I make a mistake again, because the Tony ended at 11 o'clock last Sunday night, and then we did Inside Broadway after that. So it's the second Inside Broadway on this June 22nd on Dave's Gone By. A bunch of things happening in the post Tony fallout, however. You know, two Broadway shows closed today, as a matter of fact. Two Broadway shows? Two Broadway shows. One was expected, because Cat on the Hot Tin Roof ended its run. All right, okay. On, on uh, tonight, and then. Um, let's see, also, we only found out a couple of days ago, Crybaby, <laughs> Cry Baby, <laughs> the musical <laughs> Cry Baby uh, ended its run when it didn't get any Tony Awards, and I guess audiences just didn't materialize Well, they after. didn't get a
1: band sale, I'm sure
0: Right, and then they thought maybe they might get a Best Choreography Tony, didn't happen They lost it in the Heights, so and maybe they would get a boost from having that big prison number on the Tony Awards, but no. it was a good number, but just didn't happen. I
1: guess they got a little upset.
0: Ah, that's the name of the song. Yeah, the 6.1 rating people who went to watch the Tonys, they laughed at that. Is that what the, they got? It was the point? exact same numbers as the year before. Even though from all corners I've heard that it was a better Tony Awards ceremony this year... Well, what did
1: you think? You saw it.
0: I saw, I saw the first um, 45 minutes. I watched oh. the tape of it. I haven't had a chance to watch the whole thing. From what I saw, I thought it was terrific. I thought Whoopi was very funny and very personable. I, I thought Patty LuPong tore the roof off the place. Well, how could she not? But she did. I thought uh, Passion Strange didn't come off so well on TV. But it, it was a good away. Show. It passed off itself as Strange. Lion King is still... I mean, Spectacular. The first 10 minutes of Lion King are... Exquisite, and the rest of the show I could live without. But those first ten minutes, and you put them even on TV, and they're astonishingly great. Oh, you can't go wrong. You can't yeah. go wrong. So, I don't know. It looked like a really good Tony Award ceremony broadcast. So, you know, I I'm sorry that it didn't do better numbers. Maybe because there's a there was a big basketball game up yeah. against it, or maybe it was just because that's where the Tony numbers are these days with everything. The yeah. you know, Sopranos. They can't blame it on the Sopranos anymore. So, that's, that's what I. It's, well, the one good thing is, oddly enough, usually it's the other way around. Usually they get fairly decent numbers from 8 to 9, and then the numbers go down from. Oh, they went up? They actually went up in the second and third hour, and CBS really? took a second place for those two hours. So, really? But they were mean? in third place overall, so. But well, that's okay because they four networks. Yeah. Forget about Fox. Oh, well, yeah. How can we forget about Well, I guess they. I don't know if they beat The Simpsons. Maybe they did. Well, anyway, Um, just a couple of other Broadway show news things, things of stuff occurring, such as Reasons to be Pretty. Remember that show that I reviewed a couple of weeks ago, the Neil Butte play? Yes. With Piper Perabo and a couple of other off-Broadway folks. It's going to be moving to Broadway Mm. in uh, winter 2009 at a theater to be announced. They're going to take the whole cast, the same production, and move it. It's a a good show. I, I think... I don't know if it's the one they should bring to Broadway of La plays. Maybe they should do his whole trilogy, if they could, in repertory. Maybe they'll
1: do it backwards.
0: Yeah, then they'll do Fat Pig, and then they'll do The Shape of Things. But if you can get to see it off-Broadway, it's a pretty interesting, very lively show. And uh, we'll be talking about it more as the weeks go on. Also a show that is going to be opening in just a couple of weeks, Title of Show, that's the name of the, the
1: musical. The title of the show is? Title. title of show in squared parentheses.
0: Right. What well, do they call it? Square brackets. Right? I think they call it square parentheses. parentheses. Well, it's title of show. It's a very amusing little show that because I saw. So because it's a show really
1: good. without a title. That's the point of it. It's you put the title here.
0: Right. That It's all about these people who are trying to create a show. And that's the show. It's a very... A show about creating a show about creating a show. It's one of those self-reflexive things. But it's a cute one. And they've got the first good, real new gimmick of the Broadway season. They, they announced this week premium tickets. Because, you know, Young Frankenstein yeah. had those $450 seats that crashed. And producers had the VIP tickets that really worked. And they all these shows, all the big shows, actually have VIP packages. Title right. of show has announced... A $2,501.50 premium VIP, extra toast VIP luxury ticket. $2,500. Uh, and what you get for it is the option, uh, well, you get a tiara, a scepter, opera glasses, <laughs> and the unprecedented option to have an NYU student attend the show in your place and, and describe the experience to you. Because the, uh, the lead ticket buyer just doesn't have time to see the actual show. They're just too busy for that. <laughs> so I think that's very, as they say, as a one-of-a-kind student swap-out option makes the elite ticket package a win-win situation. So I, I like that kind of thing. Well done for title of show. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about, just, well, two other things in Inside Broadway News, because we're not going to have time to review but you know, if you,
1: if you get one of those tickets, you, you have to get another one for your wife. You have R- to have someone else describe it to your wife. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's Right. <laughs> Or, or you, you get three, one for the maid, but the maid, you know, is too busy cleaning, so she can't do it either, and she has to swim back to Guatemala after the show anyway, so no, I you imagine
1: you, get, you need a pair of them.
0: Yeah. Anyway, public, uh, the Public Theater has announced its upcoming season, or, or parts of it. Oh, yeah. So, uh, among the people involved, well, first of all, they're going to be doing a big performancey kind of epic-y, myth The Baque, directed by Joan Akalaitis Bakay, is that how they pronounce yes. it? Bakke and Beethoven? But, well, it's, it's oh, okay. House of Atreus stuff, with Philip Glass doing the music, and former public theater artistic director Joanne Akalagas doing the direction. Could be odd and interesting. The New York premiere of Bounce will Thank happen God. at the public theater. He will Stephen Sondheim, God willing, will be alive to see the New York premiere of his musical with John Weidman, Bounce. Uh, a fairly light musical for him About these brothers The Misner brothers Who were con artists And entertainment people And didn't quite have the, the lives or careers That they wanted So that'll be at the public Also a solo by Mike Daisy Who's an up-and-coming monologist. And George C. Wolfe Is directing something In the show, isn't he? He is direct. You're right I'm not sure It might be the John Guare play Free Man of Color Which stars Mozdef uh, Mostef, And Jeffrey Wright There's also a new Christopher Durang play called Why Torture is Wrong and the People Who Love Them and that's coming in spring 2009 and another a lot of solos Danny Hawk is doing a solo called Taking Over one of his hip hop style things and a new play by the author of Prelude to a Kiss Craig Lucas The Singing Forest and we'll close inside Broadway uh, with a little bit of a goodbye to Sid Charisse
1: Bye Sid you did it backwards on the heels too
0: well, yeah, the Ginger Rogers thing. I, I didn't really realize. I mean, her name was a blip to me, and then I read her list of credits of so the Hollywood oh, cool. movies, not just the Singing in the Rain Ooh. ballet, which for me was always kind of the boring part of <laughs> Singing in the Rain. that you skip through to get back to Donald O'Connor. Oh. <laughs> but she, I mean, all those all those films. She danced with Fred Astaire in a bunch of different films, including the Siegfeld Follies movie, Silk Stocking, uh, Silk Stockings. Excuse me, Bandwagon, Brigadoon. And she was even in a couple of videos in the 1970s and 80s and stuff. She was in Grand Hotel, a replacement uh, person there as the ballerina. In 2006, she was given the National Medal of Arts by the president, who I guess has some modicum of taste.
1: And she, she spells her name C-Y-D. Well, that's... Uh, S-I-D.
0: Well, that was the, her real name. She was born Tula Elise Finklia. That was her, her name. She married a guy named Sharice. And I forget how the name Sid came about. Um, but here's my favorite thing. Sid Cherise had a I don't know if it was a cameo or a long role, but she was in the movie Ton Tom, the dog who saved Hollywood. Really? So I think that's that's way cool. And the other cool thing is she had a marriage that lasted 60 years. Uh, who Tony Martin. He's he's grieving. He's the grieving widower at the moment. And so um, I know someone who actually knows him, and he's he's holding up as best he can. So. Um, you know, our condolences to Tony Martin, and our best wishes up there to the dancing lady, Sid Charisse. Well, we've got a dance saga here in just a minute or two, so we'll be back with the end of Dave's Gone By, right after this message. We've just been inside Broadway, thanks to TotalTheatre.com and Performing Arts Insider. Do you know who pays for this wonderful program? Not the radio station, not the government, not even the vicious comedy elves. No, the people who keep Dave's Gone By going are the sponsors and the listeners, people getting their message across to Dave's audience. Your advertising dollars can support every show, while at the same time bringing Dave's listeners to your restaurant, your travel agency, your yogurt shop, whatever. And if you don't think advertising on Dave's Gone By is effective, A certain theater magazine, mortgage company, and coffee shop would surely beg to differ. So, try a half-minute ad for half a year, or a full-minute ad for a whole year. Either way, you will become part of the Dave's Gone By family. A strange, dysfunctional family, but a family nonetheless. See the rate card at davesgoneby.org, or email davesgoneby at aol.com, and they will be in touch. If you're like me, you agree that television could always be a little more Jewish. Well, our prayers are answered every Wednesday and Friday morning, 7.30, on Cablevision Channel 115. Rabbi Sal Solomon, that's me, hosts Shalom damn it, I do Bible studies, sermons, vaginal exercises, whatever I damn well want. See all the episodes on YouTube.com, but also 7.30, Wednesday and Friday mornings on Cablevision Channel 115. And if you live in Manhattan, Sundays, 1.30 p.m. on Channel 67. Shalom, damn it! It's Jewish and it's proud!
4: Hi, it's Eleanor Lisa. Yes, I do speak English. I do, I do. And when I do, I love to listen to Dave's Gone By, WGBB Freeport. Dave's Gone By. Dave's Gone By. Dave's Gone By.
0: Ah, yes, there goes the neighborhood. We have to be leaving the Dave's Gong by yeah, Isn't that nice? That's from Dave J. He put that together for me. A, a very talented jingle writer and ad copywriter and, and uh, musician as well. Dave J. And by Jay. the way, the one thing the rabbi forgot to mention, yeah. that, that Shalom Dammit is free. Shalom Dammit is free in all sorts of places. It's free if you watch it on Cablevision Wednesdays and Fridays at 7.30 in the morning on Channel 115. It's free if you catch it on Manhattan Cable Television, MNN.org. You can watch it streaming on the web on Sunday afternoons at 1.30 or on New York's Channel 67, 1.30 Sunday afternoons at MNN.org or anytime, any show on YouTube Dot com. Catch the rabbi in Shalom, damn it. Also, want to thank our sponsors for Dave's Gone By on WGBB Freeport. Performing Arts Insider, Theater Magazine, The Bible of Broadway. For more information, contact PerformingArtsInsider.com. And remember, we've got a great, great rate for subscriptions for Dave's Gone By listeners. Also, you lit Minuteman Press, the copy kings of Broadway. Located empty, next to the empty Loman Shoe <laughs> The Loman Shoe Box. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> the shell of a store. You get ten percent off all jobs, big or small, at Ulet Hewlett- I mean, yeah, Press, and you get
1: all the woman's yeah. shoes you can find.
0: You know, like any heels, any of those little foot thingies you put on to you know, in case there's pedal in the shoe, Pedal party, There you go. And this program is brought to you by Fantasy Schmancy Balloons seven3229. Call Jeff for all your party decorating needs for the
1: best darn decorators in the country.
0: The country. Wow. The world. The world. Okay. That's, that's. The universe. Okay. Sounds good to me.
1: The solar system.
0: For one of the best impressionists and singers and hum- humorists of, in the solar system, catch Christine Petty. Uncaged tomorrow, or actually it's later today, June 23rd, at Birdland on West 44th Birdland. Street. Christine Petty, a delightful guest and a very, very wonderful performer. 212 for Christine Petty at Birdland. Also, want to recommend uh, Bob Calvin is directing the play Marie Antoinette, The Color of Flesh. It was a very well received run off-off-Broadway a few weeks ago. They're bringing it back. It's going to be at the St. Luke's Theatre starting June 26th for uh, probably an open run. So go check that out. Marie Antoinette, check The Color the color of Flesh at the St. Luke's Theatre. If you want to check me out, go to davesgoneby.org. Or oh, really, who wants to check you out? <laughs> or if you want to dress me down or build me up and write me a letter, davesgoneby at aol.com. D-A-V as in Victor, E S. Gone by and tell us
1: what you think Dave looks
0: like at AOL dot com. Dave's Gone By at AOL dot com. And you know I haven't given this in a long time. If you want to write me a snail mail, just write to Dave's Gone By, P O Box sixty two, Hewlett, New York one one five five seven. That's sixty 62. Yeah. Hewlett, New York one one five. Five, seven. Reminding you that you can listen to 25 old episodes of Dave's Gone By anytime by going to org. You can listen to 25 new episodes of the show anytime by going still to org. although that brings you to the WGBB radio station, including they finally put up the Tony show. So you can now go to am1240wgbb.com and hear our Tony Award special, which is great.
1: Which is thrilling, because we had... Have- Michael Riegel on.
0: Michael Riegel and you. And a whole bunch of critics and, and uh, Tony Award nominee Daniel Breaker and Tony winner Rondi Reid for August Osage County. Before she won. Catch, catch everything, every minute of our show is now online for free at the radio station WGTV. Fantastic. And let's see, also check WGBB schedule pages for Filler Up. That's the music show that I do a couple of times a week here on the station. And now, on to the thank yous. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Bruce Kluger. Go get the book Young Dick Cheney, co-written with David It sounds Sabin. like a winner, doesn't it? Well, I read it. It's a lot of fun. It gave me quite a few chuckles and a couple of big belly laughs, too. Young Dick Cheney by Bruce Kluger. I want to thank also Jeff Goodman, my, my delightful co-host. Thanks, as always, to my delightful and beloved and wonderful I'm wife, pregnant. Joyce. Nope, 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 she's not. Hopefully, she'll come back pregnant with cash. She's going to uh, Las Vegas with my aunt.
3: So, uh, not
0: Las Vegas. Atlantic City with my Ooh. aunt this week. So, hopefully, um, hopefully. Good, not Joyce. We'll be able to pay the mortgage this month. <laughs> no. uh, remember, Maybe. double down on, ten, on sevens. Anyway, Always on aces and eights. Always on aces and eights, and double downs on sevens. Remember that, hon. I'll, I'll quiz you on that, especially if you lose our money. And let's see. Love to mom and dad, Lepkowitz. As a matter of fact, we'll dedicate next week's show partly to my mom, because it'll be Mother's Day, June 29th. And also, we'll have next week Sarah Sion. She's a mom. She's written a book about getting along with your mother-in-law. So we'll talk to her on Mother's Day. Mother's Day is in June. Yes, it's, it's June. Twi- oh no, what, what am I doing? <laughs> I just had like a pick of a brain fart. June twenty ninth is not Mother's Day. It's my mother's birthday. confusing it there. Sorry, yeah, I will dedicate next week to my mom, but it's her birthday, not Mother's Day. It's my mother's Mother's Day, something like that.
1: No, it's your mother's day. Day,
0: right? There you go. See, it's Mother's Day, it's okay. your
1: mother's birthday.
0: Right. Right. So happy almost birthday, mom.
1: Happy almost birthday, Mrs. Left. And we
0: will still have the. Um, Winkle, the, the Sarah Sion, who is also a jazz pianist as well as an author writing about mothers-in-law. Upcoming guests on the show include Doctor Dirty, John Valby, and singer actress Karen Mason. Good stuff coming Ooh, up on Dave. Karen Gone. Mason. Yeah. So unfortunately for now, it's time to leave the neighborhood, but I oh. will be back next Sunday, and Jeff hopefully will be back to June twenty ninth, Mom's birthday, <laughs> with the two hundred and eightieth episode of Dave's Gone By. Until then. Don't miss your days going by. This is Dave Leftowitz. And Jeff Goodman. Wishing you good night, better times with a better government. And gone by. I will throw
4: a way and jump the hitches first. the clearest mean what I'm to quench my thirst. And I will walk and talk and God, go in gardens all wet with rain. i never, ever, ever, ever get so old again.